This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Political desk. And uh, our commentator this morning is uh, our commentator this morning joining us uh, on the line. If I can just uh, sort out, uh, we got him on the line. Yeah, you've got joining us via Zoom this morning as we run rule over the latest uh, that has uh, been happening in terms of the world of politics. And my goodness, it has been quite a hectic time of it. Uh, joining us on the, the line is Musa Mdunge, who's a political commentator. Good morning to you and thank you so much for talking to us. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me and good morning to your listeners this morning. All right, let me first get your your reaction and your thoughts on the significance of what came of the moment uh, on uh, Friday, that uh, judgment by the ICJ uh, and its importance and significance for South Africa. Well, look, I mean, Friday's judgment by the ICJ was quite consequential. For South Africa, it is a you know profound victory in terms of the legal battle, but in terms of the political battle, there's still a long way mm. out until we see any fundamental changes. But you know, kudos to South Africa for standing on a principle mm. for again exerting itself as a voice of the global south, a voice for the developing world, mm. and it was quite clear. Um, by its actions that it, con- it it held the moral high ground. It has not always done that in terms of its foreign policy, but mm. in terms of this one, it was good to see it stand on a principle. Now, what we await to see, of course, mm. is the response of the big powers, is the response of Israel in terms of its engagement in, in the Gaza Strip and, you know, and, and in fact, the West Bank and the whole issue around Palestine mm. and how will it handle it particularly the American response to me is perhaps most important Mm. because it is the Americans who will really decide and set the tone for which Netanyahu cannot ignore, Mm. uh, especially when one considers that it is an election year and we are likely to see Trump 2.0 come January uh, 2025. Now, the... You know, the exercise and the practice of, uh, you know, diplomacy and international relations is always driven by self-interest. That, uh, uh, you know, I think that is always what is uh, foremost uh, for nations in the exercise of foreign relations. Um, you speak of the moral, um, you know, being the voice of uh, uh, the moral voice here, you know, that uh, South Africa haven't taken the moral high ground here. Um, you know, and being the conscience, if you like, um, of the the world. However, in the greater scheme of things, how does it advance South Africa's cause? If you know, I'm wondering this in the context of a conversation we had also recently with a, a, another commentator about, for example, the attitude of the Arab nations towards the Palestinian issue. Um, this is one that we've always felt very strongly about. Um, but in what do you think in terms of uh, our interests, self-interest, does this advance? Well, look, South Africa is quite an interesting case. You know, even within my PhD, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking at South Africa as a middle power 
and how it straddles the balance of meeting its various interests and commitments. And, you know, of course, in international relations and, uh, you know, even with major economies and major countries like the Mm. USA, there's always a balancing act. There's almost an opportunity cost Mm. for making or taking a certain decision or meeting a certain interest. And in this particular case, South Africa finds itself right there as well. Mm. You know, though it is a middle power, a regional power, has certain influence, particularly in the global South, as we see with this particular case, it's still a country that needs others as well. So Mm. we cannot underestimate the importance of our relationship with the United States based on trade, based on investment. Mm. But at the same time, we cannot ignore where the the world is going. We are not in 1945 anymore. The world is shifted new Mm. powers have risen and we have to factor in the rise of countries within the middle east if you think of iran if you think of saudi arabia we have to think of china india you know what is happening in the indo-pacific for example and the countries that are challenging the traditional Mm. global powers such as the usa Mm. uh, as it as it leads its nato alliance and the g7 Mm. so south africa has to balance interests and relationships among all of these countries and often the accusation political commentators make or confer towards South African foreign policy is that it is a foreign policy that is often inconsistent mm. that it, that it often it is defined by ambiguity i would argue that in actual fact it is a strategic ambiguity it's an mm. ambiguity that a middle power like south africa ought to have play all sides against each other and at all times so, <laughs> at all times mm. do not be so obvious in in the consistency of how you project your values because in doing that you allow countries to take advantage mm. and so south africa has to straddle this balancing line it's a difficult one mm. one that we can debate if we think of issues like zimbabwe whether it has worked fundamentally this you know yes. this this mm. imp- has worked. But in many ways, I would argue, if you were to extend a a fundamental analysis of even other middle powers and regional powers with the same weighting as South Africa, you'll find all of them Mm. move in the same way and must Mm. have a balancing act. Okay, let's uh, bring it closer to home to more domestic issues here. Now, the ANC, um, of course, um, held the NEC meeting over the weekend. And speaking of strategic ambiguity, that seems to be the position when it comes to what they what will happen or how they will deal with the issue of the former president Jacob Zuma. Well, look, perhaps you can call it strategic ambiguity, or we can we can call it fear ambiguity, <laughs> because it sounds to me mm. that there's a lot of fear going around within the ANC's National Executive Committee, but understandably so. You know, you're not dealing. Uh, you know, no offense to Ace Mahashule here. You're not mm. dealing with an Ace Mahashule. You're dealing with a Jacob Zuma, a man who has been fundamental in ANC's growth story in Guazulu Natal. Mm. You know, and so you can't ignore what he has done and how he was able to sustain ANC's high levels of support even in a time when everybody thought then already with the rise of COPE that we were seeing the demise of ANC. 
you know. So unfortunately for the, for 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 Cyril Ramaphosa, the ANC hasn't presented a clear cut, uh, you know, position on the matter, and the failure to do so is also is very dangerous from mm. a perspective and an optics perspective. It seems like it is the MK party driving the agenda and not the African National Congress mm. as the largest party in the country. And that's very problematic going into these elections. It almost looks like an ANC that is the official opposition going against an MK party mm. that is in power. And those optics are very important. And Jacob Zuma understood this. When others are playing checkers he tends to play chess and he played his card very well close to the elections he knows how important kzn is he knows when it goes down to the numbers it may really boil down to those particular areas within kzn areas within gauteng that in the end always tend to pull the anc above the fray will this happen in the, the same time or mm. could we see jacob zuma having the, the 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 ace up his sleeve and we see the anc having to come to him to beg for a coalition government and what does it mean mm. from a policy perspective from a planning perspective from where we take the country from a foreign policy perspective there are so many seismic decisions that south yeah. africa would have to undertake in the next three years that whose decisions, the consequences the consequences thereof, we will feel many years to come. And so it's important that we have the right leaders. It's important that the re- leaders are focusing on the right things. And unfortunately, I just don't see that conversation happening at that level, especially among the big five of South African politics. And that's where the crisis is, is okay. unless we see leadership there, you know, it leaves the country's voters with not many options and many people may well not even turn up for these elections. And that's another thing we've got to worry about. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff. Great stuff there, Musam Dunga. Thank you so much for that lucid perspective and your arguments there. I really appreciate your input this morning. My pleasure, sir. Thank you. Musam Dunga is a political analyst there, actually. Actually, looking forward to reading that PhD uh, dissertation when it comes out, because it's it's something that's always uh, fascinated me about South Africa's foreign uh, or international relations uh, uh, stance and what drives our policy as far as that's concerned. It's 27 after 8. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.